Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. <laughs> That's what you have chewed the scriptures. <laughs> The exam is done. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we are so grateful to you for allowing us to be here another day. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for all the miracles and all that you have done in our lives. We give you praise for gathering us here today. I pray that your word will be done and your purposes will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Those of you who are sitting to my right, can you hear? You can hear clearly. At the back, 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 can you hear? All right. We thank the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to be in church, and I hope that you are becoming more diligent in what you do. Hmm. Some people, where the year is down, eh? it's a sign. Yeah. We've been talking about diligence. Hallelujah. And my prayer is that the things that you do and the things that you've been given to do, that you will apply yourself to them and do them well. Many times God opens a door for us. We are blessed by the doors that he opens. But the doors that are open or the opportunities that we have, they do not have a way to announce themselves. Are you following? So an opportunity will not come and say, I am an opportunity. I am an opportunity. Take me seriously and it will work. There's nothing like that. But as you do what you are supposed to do, that's when you suddenly discover that, oh, that was my blessing. That was my opening. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Powerful. Oh. Dustin. Should I ask the electrical engineers why? Or, Or I shouldn't go there. I should, ask, I should ask them. Ah, okay. Hallelujah. So we spoke about it because we have been talking about why the scripture in Mark 4.35 is true. He that hath, you have something, you are given more. He that hath not, the little that he had, he says that it will be taken. Oh. Sir. It will be taken away from them. Are you in the house? And we've been going through the scripture, dissecting the scripture. We've been looking at why is it so? Why is it so? Mark 4, 25. Okay. So we are looking at what is it that people who have, what is it that helps them to be in a place where they will get more? Are you understanding? Uh-huh. So that if that's the case, just try to position yourself where you will also have. You want a job. Take any job. Because when you take the any job, what happens? You are now he that has a job, isn't it? And that's how you qualify, therefore, to have more office of a job. But when you are sitting down and then you have folded your hands and you are saying, pity me, pity me, nothing comes. How many of you were here on Friday? Were you blessed with what you heard? <clears throat> Friday was an opportunity. Those of you who are on other campuses, I know that some of you couldn't make it. But there were some on this campus who didn't bother to make it. Meanwhile, it was an opportunity. Yeah, it was an opportunity to hear something that would change your mind about a lot of things. Are you there? He that has. To him shall be added. Mm. 
So we're talking about it and we talked about diligence. And today I want to move on to the second um, good attribute, the second good thing that if you have, you place yourself in a place where what, you qualify. What's that attribute? What is that trait? It's the trait of faith. Faith, because I'm talking to Christians. This is not motivational speaking. I'm not speaking to the world or anything like that. I'm talking to Christians who want to qualify for he that has. Are you with me? Yeah. What is faith? Faith can be defined as something for which there is no proof. But it is also a belief in God. Let us go to one of the most common or most well-known scriptures on faith. Hebrews chapter what? 11. Some people are quiet. You see, you have the scriptures there as one of the blessings to you, but you won't learn them. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this morning, we're going to be talking about six things about faith. And I would like you to listen, and listen closely, because many believers or many Christians think that they have faith. You think that you have faith. But the Bible says if you faint in your day of adversity, your strength is small. Your strength is small. If a trail can unseat you. Of course, when you get a trail, you cry small. When you finish crying, what? Dry your eyes and get to work and let life move on. But for the next two, three, four weeks, one month, two months, you are still in your melancholic stupor. You are fainted. And you are faithless. Yeah. Are you in the house or are you quiet? You are not. Yeah. If the lack of money in your pocket can cause you not to come to church, you don't have faith. You don't have. You are rather sitting under. You are rather sitting under the thing. Are you here? The one that I don't like at all. When you now wake up and say that because of that, you are coming to kill yourself. Ask your neighbor, who is that? Who are they talking about? See you. Because of what? If you have enough strength to kill yourself, then you have enough strength to live. Do you know how it is to kill yourself? Have you ever been sick enough thinking you are going to die? That's when you realize you don't want to die at all. Yeah. It is a pity party you have gone on. That's why you now think that you want to die. Shame on you. Shame on you. Eh, mommy, but you don't know my situation. I don't need to know your situation. What do you mean? Ah. Push your neighbor and say, is this you they are talking about? Ah. You want to kill yourself, so that's what? Somebody sent me a text recently about it. And I said, in fact, also for the eh, sometimes it's hard. Because I wanted to answer back and say, I'm going to sit right here and watch you die. What do you mean? Usually it is just manipulation. You want an opportunity to continue to feel sorry for yourself. Stop it. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But just stop it. Do you know what people are going through? You are sitting here. Is it not a dress you are wearing? Don't bring yourself. Ah. Do you know the number of students sitting here who have issues with school fees? Do you know the number of people who are perching because it's not that they like to perch. The day is not there for them to get a day. And they are still in school. Today they were telling about one silly boy who stopped school because he didn't have what? 
somebody should have slapped you when you were younger. You didn't have a mobile phone. He didn't have what? A laptop. He didn't have a shirt. Was he walking around naked? Tell your neighbor that in fact, yet sharing quantity of them. You now, if you are listening to it, are you not bored? How many of you have come to sit here? Your phone cries. It's not really working. You are just managing, managing with it. Ah! How many of you, when you took your shirt this morning, cry? You looked at the shirt. You are like, eh? Lord, do something. Ah! But are we not alive and are we not here? Come on. Come on. Come on. Ah! Come on. Six things you should know about faith. Number one, faith is the personal trait. It's your own, personal, it's personal. The personal trait that will cause you to overcome big problems and obstacles. Listen to me, young person. Life is full of obstacles. Life is full of problems. So stop moaning. Mm, I realize that these days I've been crocrying people too much. I've resigned from the crocrying ministry. <laughs> because I'm realizing that it's just making people feel a little more sorry for themselves. Hey, stop it. Stop it. And look for your faith. Look for your faith. Look for the God you said that you believe in. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark 11:23. And if you're going through a tough time, this is your scripture. Don't just read it when you are in church. Learn it. Quote it. Allow it to enter into you. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever. And school fees whatsoever. It's what you wear whatsoever. It's passing your exam whatsoever. So, so what again? The issue is around the believing. Some of you are waiting until you feel. I don't know where you saw feeling. You are waiting for your feelings. You want to follow feelings. Resign, please. No, it's feelings they wouldn't... Oh. You wake up in the morning. When you follow your feelings, you are not happy. Then you want to follow your feeling. You can't follow it. It's just a feeling. Leave it there. Oh, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Tell your neighbor, we don't follow feelings. They are there. <laughs> they are just there. They are just there. So leave them there. I woke up and I was feeling sad. And so what? Life is still moving on. Do you understand? Don't follow it. Don't follow it. Look for the scripture and decide that regardless of what I'm feeling, this is what the Bible says. That if I see a mountain and I say to it, my friend, move from there. And I don't believe it will be done. It's, with it's your choice, oh. It's just a choice. I believe, I choose to believe. Or I choose not to believe. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not even, in some instances, it's not even what you are seeing. It's what you have decided that you believe. Push your neighbor and say, what have you decided? Yeah. Your faith. The chair you are sitting on, do you know how it got here? Ask your neighbor, do you know how you got there? 
Do you know the price of the chair you are sitting on? I ask your neighbor, how much is your offering? But I woke up one day and I said, Lord, we have a problem. The church is full. People, when they sit outside, they just fool. They can't see. They don't come to church. So we need to fit in more people. The only way to fit in more people is to have smaller chairs. Then I started to rent the smaller chairs. Oh my God. Hey, every Sunday, 400 smaller chairs, 500 smaller chairs. When I look at the building, I'm dying. And I said, but Lord, I know you can provide that chair. Check whether you are sitting on a chair or not. <laughs> Maybe you are hanging in the air. You didn't know. But each one was paid for cash down before it got here. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there? Then I did a test. We put the chairs in and we said, how many chairs can we get in when we are all facing this way? They need faith. Pastor Sean came to me one day and said that, I think that if we decide to stand here, we'll get more people into the church. So, about four Sundays, Saturdays ago, we just got up and said, okay, let's go and test it and see. So we put the chairs in. When we put it in, I said, ah, there's space here. There's more space over here. The back has been deleted. All these back benches who sit in the back, it has been deleted. This and that, we put in chairs. Put in, said, oh, we like it. But to do the move, this is the cost. I said, hey, okay, we have to build a stage. Okay, I know one carpenter. He's the only person I know. I can call him today, he'll come tomorrow. I called him, he lives in Tamale. When I called him, just as I thought, he told me, Monday morning, I'll be there. As I was calling him, Simpua, where we are even going to buy the wood from? I had no idea. Before he'll come and work, before we pay him. You are very quiet all of a sudden. Okay. I'm showing you something. I've spoken to the mountain, move. I need a place for us to be able... Right now, we are not full yet. We are not full yet. I, by my calculation, I have enough space for another 70 chairs. It's my calculation. Hey, I didn't ask you your calculation. That's my calculation. <laughs> but are you understanding what I'm trying to say to you? That at the time when I was making the decision, honestly, Pastor One, you are my witness. Me and you, we are in this boat together. He has never told me that it will not work. He just said, okay. Okay. As he's saying that, okay, I know that he knows what I'm thinking. That's like, have you had a look inside that account to know what you are saying? Are you in the house? Yeah. Amen. The verse 24. This one for me is my verse that I don't joke with. Therefore, because of what I've said before, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire, ah, you desire, when whatsoever you desire, for me, I desired my stage. I've got my stage. Yeah. Whatsoever things he desire, when you pray, believe. 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 Have faith and just believe that it is so. Amen. When I'm praying for you for your exams, I know you haven't learned. I know that some of you, your brain is like a sieve. But whatsoever things I desire. Last year, I desired 10 first classes. I got them. This year, I desire 20 first classes. I will get them from right here. Yeah. 
with the same sponge-headed people that I have. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> faith is the personal trait. It must be yours. Start building your faith. Start believing God for that tin of milk you don't have. Start believing God that you will eat three meals today. Do you understand? You start believing. Then when he does this one, your faith is encouraged and built up so you can believe him for something else. Because the scripture says, whatsoever you desire. So it's whatsoever. Yeah, whatsoever. I don't know what is not whatsoever. Anything that you add there is whatsoever. I'm preaching. I know I'm preaching. Hallelujah. You see, I am giving you a graphic example because it's an example we can relate to. Not that it's the only thing. We have all been here. We have all seen the things that have happened. We have all been in it. So I'm showing you something. Amen. So stop sitting in your corner. Some of you, the thing is that when you are feeling sorry for yourself, there's a sweetness to it. There's a certain sweetness. All melancholics in the house, say amen. Because that's why you keep going back to it. There's something about that. I don't know. Hmm. Nobody likes me. I'll just be in my corner. Hmm. Then people will see you. Then they're like, oh, how are you? I'm fine. They say, oh, what is wrong? Oh, nothing. You enter the room, when you come, you change the whole atmosphere in the room. The demons that you are bringing with you. Don't bring them here, please. That's your neighbor. I hope you're not carrying any personal ones. <laughs> ah, they also like the spirit. You are smiling. The Bible calls it the spirit of heaviness. It's the spirit. It's the spirit. But I prefer the garment of joy. And the Bible says he will give you the garment of joy for the spirit of heaviness. So you have to say that this spirit of heaviness, I won't carry it again. A spirit is what? A spirit of heaviness. Is it an angel? Make you no try. Don't start. Hey, number two. Faith is the personal trait that causes an individual to have a good report. It causes an individual to have a good report. Some of you, you need to get this copy of this. I'm just watching you. Mm. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Hallelujah. Are you there? As you believe God and as you stand on your faith, what happens is that God begins to come through for you. So you become known as somebody who is doing exploits. Somebody who is doing exploits. Somebody who is accomplishing things. Are you with me? And it therefore gives you a good report. I want us to look at a certain gentleman very briefly in the Bible. In fact, this chapter, I have only a few weeks to preach it and it's paining me. Yeah, because it's a marvelous chapter. Wow. Are you in the house? Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, where is your faith? (sighs) Let me see. Mm. My God, my God. Oh, please don't do that. I'm talking to my Bible. I'm looking for something. It's not... 
Let me see. When Moses wanted to lead the children of Israel into um, the promised land, he asked them to go and take a look at the promised land. And when they looked at the promised land, he sent 12 people. Ten of them came and spoke like most Christians speak. Hey, when we went, hey, the place, oh, it was very nice, oh, but there were giants there. And we looked like grasshoppers to them. And they also could see that we now we knew we were grasshoppers. That was the report they brought. But there were two guys. One was Joshua, Moses' assistant, and the other was Caleb. And they said, oh, don't talk like that. If God is with us, we are well able to take the land. Are you with me? So that was what Joshua and Caleb said. But the majority were very whatever. And God decided that these people, I will not carry them into the promised land for them to spoil things. And the Lord decided that I will delete them. So until they die, we are not going to enter this promised land. Do you understand? Listen, some of you, there are some people you should drop. They shouldn't be working with you. Yeah. They shouldn't be working with you at all. If you keep them in your life, they will keep pulling you backwards. You try to move on. Their words, their behavior, their everything just draws you back this way. You better let them go. Are you understanding me? So God, because this is a principle God himself operated. He decided that these people, this is my promised land that I'm preparing. I will not carry these people. So he allowed them all to die. And when they had died, by then, Moses too had given over to Joshua. And the time had come for them to enter the promised land. Join me in Joshua chapter 14. I want to introduce to you a man called Caleb. Caleb was now an old man of about 80 years old. And in verse 6, the Bible says that... Charlie, you guys are really beginning to finish me here. Then the children of Judah... What have you done to my volume? Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old, I beg you, I didn't have feedback. Whatever you just did, undo it. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadeshbania to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon your feet have trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Now look at verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 40 and 5 years. So he was 40. Now 45 years have added. So he's what? 85. And the Bible says that. He said, and then he, he says in verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then. 
Even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spoke in that day. Yeah. When you read the scripture, you see that this man, what was it that brought him a good report? Why are we talking about him today? Why are we using him as an example? We are using him as an example because he refused to join the people who said it cannot work. Young man, don't join the people in the class who are trying to riot against the lecturer. Don't join those rabble rousers, good for nothings, do nothing, go nowhere, have nothing, who want to riot against the manager. Yeah. Don't join them. Don't join them. Their end is always one. Oh, yes. Their end is always one. People who sit up and start to say, hey, they are cheating us. Be careful. Be careful. Every group who has said that has never done well. Whether it is true or not, every group that has said it has never done well. Rather rise up and be somebody who cannot easily be cheated. This man had a good report. He looked at the thing. He said, no, 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 no. We can go. We can do it. We can overtake it. We can. That's why all the others are now dead. He and Joshua alone are alive. It is your faith that will give you a good report. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Not your complaining. Not your looking at what you do not have. One of the things I hate to hear in my life, I don't have money. I hate it. I really hate it. And if you are wise, from today you will take it up and say, this thing I'll never say. Yeah. Because when you say, I don't have money, I don't have money comes to live with you. And, oh, but pastor, it is true. You'll be walking around telling me it is true. You are about to descend into poverty. You have no idea. Poverty was walking around looking for you and as you have opened your mouth to say it, it has now come to stay. Yeah. So when they are telling you this, they tell them, I'm coming. I'm coming. We have to pay this and this and this. I'm coming. Are you here? Amen. Are you in the church? My sound has gone down again. If I have to complain one more time, I will leave the stage. Uh, ah, it's enough. Why? Are you in the house? So that I'll go and apply my faith on that one too. <laughs> but what am I sharing with you? Stop that excuse. Usually, you are saying that over things you don't want to do. If it was, are you in school because you have money? Ha! Don't bring yourself. You are in school because you have money. Most students don't have money. Leave it. It's a normal state of affairs. Please, leave it. Just leave it. It's a normal state of affairs. But by your confession and by your faith, it changes. Amen. Not by your setting and not by your speaking. Caleb was there. He looked at the same giants the other guys looked at. Are you with me? But he refused to say certain words. Maybe we need to look at it. Numbers chapter 13. Hmm. Moses has sent the guys. The Bible says in verse 25 that they returned from searching the land after 40 days. Verse 27, they are now bringing him a report. 
And they told him and said, We came unto the land where you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, as soon as you say nevertheless, it's like saying, but you are now coming to cancel everything you said. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb still the people. You see, he realized that the people are carrying it somewhere. He said, because he said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us. And they brought an evil report of the land. Look at what they said about the land. They said, the land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. I thought you just said the people were giants there. Now you say the people... <laughs> and all the people that we saw in it are great men of stature. Can you not see that what they are saying is contradicting? You said it eats the people. Now you say the people are great. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Many times when we are faithless people, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And that is the problem. That is the problem. Push your neighbor and ask your neighbor, where is your faith? Hmm. Where is your faith? The people we remember, we remember, are not these losers who could not believe anything. Those we remember are those who have faith. And that's why the point is that your faith will cause you to be an individual who has a good report. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Point number three. Faith is the personal trait that makes a person victorious. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. You might want to paraphrase it. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes wicked supervisors. And this is the victory that overcomes the wicked supervisor, even our faith. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh evildoers, armed robbers, people who want to take what is not theirs. Are you there? But this is the thing that causes us to overcome even our faith. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes sickness, overcomes asthma, overcomes tummy ache that will not go, overcomes chronic diseases. And this is the victory that overcomes those diseases, even our faith. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. That's why I said when I started, I beg you, dash me volume, eh? we don't pay for it. That's why I started by saying that Choose what you want to do. Uh-huh, choose. Because if you have decided that you want to live a life of faith, there's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can stop you. Put the thing there in the word. Put it there and see. Are you in the house? Are you an overcomer? Are you somebody who is moving up? Yeah. We have to begin to overcome. All. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, we have to start to overcome. 
Overcome what? Some of you have to overcome yourself. Yeah. Some of you, you have decided that the pornography and the masturbation that you got into that, oh, I can't come out. Why are you believing a lie like that? It is not true. It's not true. Hey, pastor, why are you saying that it is not true? Hey, because you are a pastor, you don't know. What are you talking about? I said it's not true. Because where you work, I once worked there. Yeah. I said I once worked there. Hey. There's a certain song. I am free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My what? My soul is thirsty. It's just another blessing. What? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm free. You'll be there sitting there and saying that, Oh, the things that are happening to me, I can't find out. It's not working. What do you mean by it's not working? It is working and it will work and it has worked and it is working. Hey! Ah. Why, you alone, you have come to something that hasn't existed before. The scripture says that that which has been is that which shall be. And there's nothing new. There's nothing new. Sometimes I think that when God delivers us, he, he repackages us so well that you don't see where, what we were in before. Uh-huh. But if you had left some traces where you could see, then you see that how you are. That's how we all were. Uh, why, you are surprised that I said that for no, I also went inside. Ah. What took you inside? The same thing that took you is what took me. It's a, ah, I want to see what is that. Hey. Yeah. I was 10 years old. I didn't know that it would be an addiction. Yeah. But I got out. I got out. I've been out for decades. So when I see you will come out, you will come out. So stop looking for reasons to stay inside. Hey. When you remember how bad you feel after an episode, that alone should make you say that, Charlie, this thing, I'm out. <laughs> I've stopped it. I've stopped. Yeah. For many years, my assisting pastor was, a, was somebody who, in his unbeliever life, he was a complete drunkard. Total, the type who they'll go and pick from the gutter and bring. Yeah. And when they bring him home, he said he'll be lying in his bed and then his mother will be praying and then he'll open one eye then he'll be laughing at her. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? Today, the man is totally free. He's a serious, what? Assistant to one of the major bishops in Accra. His son is also a preacher. Don't even start. What do you mean by what is holding you? The scripture says that which has been is that which shall be. And there is nothing new. You want to be free, you can be free. Yeah. You can be free. Eh, mommy, what you are saying is true, but I have tried and I feel you tried and you feel try again. I've tried 22 times. I've tried 22 times. Well, let's go. 23 and 24 and 25. We'll be on it. The only thing that is failure is to stop trying. Yeah. That's the only thing. Eh, oh, Pastor, mind, it's not like that. You see, when I see the girls, it's their fornication and so what? It doesn't matter what you put there. The cure is the same. That's only if you want to be free. Some of you, you are so lazy. You are like a dead person living. 
That's one too. It can be cured. Hey! <laughs> Let us finish quickly. Number four. Faith is the personal trait that makes a person a visionary. He makes him a visionary. You begin to see things. A visionary is somebody who sees into the future. I'm not talking about a prophet. Just somebody who can see that if I do this, in the future, this and that and that will be. Are you here? He can see how it is going to work out. With an eye of faith. He just believes that that is it. And it is your faith that will take you there. Hebrews 11.27 By faith he forsook, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You can't see God, but he decided that, look, this is how it is going to be. Number five, faith is the personal trait that makes a person no longer a fool. Why? Because Psalm 14 and verse 1 says that the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. You are here today as a proof that you are not a fool. Hey, you won't come to church if you think God is dead. Yeah, so there's a certain, I know that there is God. Everything is maybe not 100% in my life, but I know that there is God. Have you seen God before? No, but I know that there is God. Have you felt him before? No, but I know that there is God. That's your faith. That's your faith. And the scripture says that he has given it to every man. So you see that people tend to believe that there is God. They might call him by different names or whatever. But there's always this feeling that there's something up there. Something higher. Are you with me? And that's why the scriptures say that people who die... You know, it's a scripture that has a very interesting meaning. She has said, I have children that you don't know of. There are some people just by following that feeling... That somebody somewhere is monitoring what I'm doing. They tend to walk straight. They tend to walk straight. Paul went to a, a place and he met some people who said that they have a, a, a monument or something to the unknown God. We don't know who this God is, but we know that somebody is controlling the affairs of this life. And they were very open to the gospel. The unknown God. We don't know him, but we know that he's there. It's faith. It's faith. Because some of you are like, oh, unless I see, I won't believe. You are above all men to be pitied. Have you seen your brain before? How do you know that it's there? Ask your neighbor, do you have a brain? If your neighbor says yes, ask her, have you seen it before? I thought you said if you don't see, you don't believe. <laughs> ask the next person by you, do you have a TV? The TV, uh, what? Is it rays or radiations or what? The TV, whatever. Have you seen it before? Have you seen it before? So TV doesn't work. What do you mean by if you don't see, you won't believe? Hey, hey, hey. Hallelujah. The last point, number six. Faith is the personal trait that pleases God the most. Hebrews eleven six says that without faith it is impossible to please God. God is so impressed with you and he is so pleased with you when, because he knows that you cannot see him. You cannot see him. You can't say that this is God and I've, met, I've held him and yet you wake up and you say that I'm praying. He's impressed. Yeah, he's impressed. The angels say that the, 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 the Bible says the angels are impressed. They look at us and they're like, ah, these people, they can't see what we are seeing and yet they believe and they're impressed. Yeah. The thing that impresses God is faith. Hallelujah. When you decide that I believe, I believe, I believe, I want to end with one of my favorite stories. 
Wow. Ask your neighbor, are you glad you came to church? Hallelujah. I want us to go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Let's start from verse 46. They came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat at the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more, a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to picture it for a moment. A beggar who is sitting by the roadside who cannot see. Many times people are in those situations. People overlook them. Are you here? People ignore them. And the Bible says that he heard that Jesus was passing. It is just the hearing. The hearing was enough. Because hearing is one of the means by which faith comes. So he had heard about this Jesus. And now he hears that the man is passing and he starts to shout. It's very interesting to me that as he began to cry out and to shout, people who were around to him that he should be quiet. You sit there and be quiet about your faith. You will come up empty-handed beer. Yeah. Hey, I'm very quiet. Oh, when I'm praying, I don't want to disturb my neighbor. Don't disturb your neighbor. But honestly speaking, if your neighbor disturbs you, disturb him. Otherwise, you will lose the right to pray there. Some of you can't pray in your rooms. But your unbeliever roommate can play music there. Is it true or is it not true? Here you are. Your unbeliever roommate can bring their male or female partner to sleep there. And you have to find somewhere else. And then now you say you can't pray there. Ah, what are you talking? No problem. Since we all can do as we like in the room. Eh, me too have come with my prayer. Stand there and start shouting. Kabo. Kabe. Kababa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You see this guy, he said that I won't be quiet. I won't be quiet. So he started shouting, Jesus, have mercy on me. My favorite part of this story is in verse 49. And Jesus stood still. When Jesus hears a faith cry, he stands still. Yeah. He stands still. Stands and he says, hey, what's that? Who is that? Where is that request coming from? Who is praying that prayer? Who is saying what? It's in a certain hostel. It's in P3. Open that door. It's in which room? It's in room 101. Hey, who is that? Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. When you are leading a mob of people, you don't stand still. But when he heard this guy, he knew that Charlie, the person calling, he could hear the faith. Then, Jesus commanded him to be called. They called him. And he casting away his garment. Sometimes you need to throw away the things that are hindering your feet. Yeah. If he had kept that garment as a blind man, he could have tripped over it. If he kept that garment as a blind man, various things could have happened. He just left it. And in your bid to believe God and to have faith, sometimes there are things you need to leave behind. In my bid to become somebody who believes God, I left behind certain kinds of books. Yeah. I left behind certain kinds of films. Every day you are watching telenovela. You will cry a lot of tears that have no meaning. No. 
those telenovelas, they have been scripted to remove your faith from you. <laughs> what I'm saying is it true? Look, if you are sitting by a sister, tell her that telenovelas make people empty-headed. Sometimes you need to cast it off. You need to cast things off. Jesus answered in verse 51 and said to him, What will you that I should do for you? Some of you at that point, you'll be standing there and say, that, ah, But the man can he not see. <laughs> Is it not obvious? And that's why you won't pray. Hmm. The blind man said, Lord, you see this guy, he was not chilling nonsense. Tell your neighbor, when you want to be a person of faith, you don't chilling nonsense. As he heard Jesus is passing, he started shouting. As Jesus called him, he dropped the garment. Now Jesus is asking him a question that, quite frankly, is so obvious, it's almost annoying. I mean, what, what again would... Oh, you're not understanding the point I'm trying to make. What again? I cannot see. What? 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 I mean, <laughs> but you see, the guy had decided that whatever you say, you say, I will just ask. This is what I want. Look at something. The man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy faith. Not my power, thy faith. Yeah. Not my pity, thy faith. Your own faith. Not my power. Your own faith. Your own faith. Your personal faith. Your own believing. That's what has made you whole. It's not the only time that Jesus said it. I'm closing. When the woman with the issue of blood, who had walked around, you will find her in Mark chapter 5. Twelve years she was going. Doctor this. Doctor that. Doctor Charles. Doctor Sean. Doctor... Which... Doctor Seth. Uh-huh. Which other one again? Dr. Isenam, Dr. Kovner, Dr. Collins. He said that she had been to 12 of them. And not 12, sorry, 12 years. And she had been to many of them. And as happens, as it happens, as you go from doctor to doctor, you get poorer, in case you didn't know. So, no, it's true, you have to pay bills. Hey, recently I was sent to go and do some tests there. I almost said, now look, I know the outcome of this test that there's nothing there. But you see, sometimes they say that you are too known. So, okay, let's go and do the test so that I can say that. When they finish charging me, one day, one day, standing in one location, do you want to know the cost? 595 Ghana cities. That's one crown. That's one crown. What is 150, Amami? This is one test. 12 years. As she said, Yeah. The doctor was my friend, so the doctor removed all the, I mean, what, consultation fee, this fee, that fee, they removed all, bless me, when they were finished. Five, ask your neighbor, how much is your salary that you have gone to? One doctor for one day, for one test, 595. The woman had gone 12 years, this year, that year, next year, next year. She went on like that until she too, she heard that Jesus was coming to pass. Her faith was different from the blind man. Her faith was that if I can draw close enough, I don't even need his arm. I don't even need, I just need to touch the tip of the hem. If I can reach there, I'll be okay. So she did it. By the way, she passed through a crowd. 
In those days, a woman in her situation, you shouldn't come and mix with people. But she came. Those of you who are looking for excuses why it cannot work. And she drew close enough. Yeah. If they had found her, they would have stoned her. Oh, cry. Because in those days, a woman who was bleeding for those five or six days, you don't mix with people. You see. Are you in the house? If even you are married, you have to move somewhere. So I say, ah, but in those days, they didn't have antibiotics. They didn't have all the, yeah. It's, it's just a health thing. Amen. So this girl, this woman, she, did her faith was, if I touch, she too, the Bible says that when she touched Jesus, Jesus felt that something had left him. When he said it, all these unspiritual men standing around him. As usually happens, because when the space starts moving, the ladies will know first. Ah, but what? Everybody is touching you. Everybody is, why are you saying that somebody has touched you? But Jesus knew that somebody's touch in somebody's touch was faith. He knew. So when he said it, almost afraid. Hey, have I done something wrong? So she came and she confessed that I am the one who came and touched you. What did Jesus say? What did she? What did he say? <laughs> have you seen it again? Thy, not my power. Not no. Thy faith. Thy faith. Thy thy faith. It is your faith that brings the response. As for Jesus, He's there with His power. Yeah. He's there with his power cry. He's there with his miracles. He's there with whatever it is. It is your faith that will cause it to move. And that's why he says that faith is the substance. It's the substance. Are you here? This chair is made from a substance. The faith with which the thing that will cause us to do this chair is what? I don't know if this is plastic. This is some foam. Uh-huh. I don't know. But it says that the substance with which God will make what you are hoping for is called faith. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. This afternoon, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray not in the way that you have been praying before. I want you to pray with faith. Yeah. I want you to pray with faith. Whatsoever things ye desire, when you pray, believe believe and you have it you are here some of you you are there oh they are saying mtm money i want but did you believe ask again ask again some of you are there the school fees are not finished paying talk to him about it the hostel that you are in they are coming for the next uh, installment talk to god about it are you with me that sickness that you say oh they have laid hands on me yes they have laid hands but you your own faith where is it use your own faith now to God. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. In just a few minutes, I begin to pray. Begin to talk to the Lord this afternoon. Begin to say something to Him. Lift up your voice. I can't hear your voice. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Oh, whose report are you going to believe? Lift up your voice and pray. Talk to the Lord this afternoon. Talk to the Lord this afternoon. Talk to him one more time about that one thing. Receive that job by faith. Receive it. Add your salary that you want from it. Ask him. Lift up your voice and talk to him one more time. 
just add a price aspect that since the salary I even want from the job, since the location of the job, just say it by faith and receive it as you are standing. This is what I want. This is what I need and I believe. Whatsoever things you desire, maybe what's in front of you is like a mountain. Speak to it this afternoon. It will go. The mountain of pornography will move. The mountain of an unclean life is leaving you right now. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Oh yes. Oh yes. Believe him one more time. 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 your voice. Believe him one more time. Believe him one more time. Believe him one more time. Believe him one more time.
become so many that we don't even have the space or time to hear them all. I pray that you will respond to us us, as you always have done. Thank you for the gift of faith. Thank you for what you have given to us and that we can believe you and that we can receive of you. What a blessing. We thank you. Thank you that we don't have to walk in hopelessness. Thank you that no matter how bad it gets, when we turn our eyes to you and we believe you, you bring us out. We are grateful. We give you praise and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here this afternoon. The first step of faith is to believe that Jesus is the one who gave his life for you. Without believing it, we can have no relationship with God. Our sins would be too many. We cannot pay for our sins. My goodness, it will cost us more than our life. But he gives us free and he says, all that you need to do is to believe that I have paid. You are here this afternoon. You've not given your life to Jesus. I want you to lift up your right hand. I want you to lift it up. We want to pray a prayer of faith. It's the first exercise of faith that your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life if you ask him to do so. And if you receive what he has given to you, you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Just lift up your right hand. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. But you, lift up your right hand. We want to pray. God bless you for your hand. God bless you. God bless you. If your hand is lifted up, 
I want you to just step up from where you are. Again, it's a step of faith. Come, we're going to pray together. Come and stand right here this morning. We have had to do it ourselves. You want to come. God bless you as you come. Just come. Your heart is beating so much. You are the one. Come. Come and stand this way. Just come. We'll pray together. Step out of where you are and come. Don't let pride keep you. Don't let what other people will say keep you. Just exercise your faith and let it work for you. God bless you as you come. That's why Brian Bethlehem, he had to let go of his garments. Maybe you have to let go of the opinions of your friends and step out. You are saying they think I'm a Christian. They think I'm a believer. What they think does not matter. What matters is what God thinks. Step out and come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. Keep coming. Your heart is beating over there. I'm giving you a few minutes. It means that he's talking to you and he's calling you. Step out from where you are and come. Step out from where you are and come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody, your heart is beating like that. Bam, 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 bam. You are saying, get over this one. Get over it. God bless you as you come. God bless you. I want to pray this prayer with you. I want you to pray after me. And all of us in the congregation, we are praying together with you. You want to say, Lord Jesus. God bless you, sir. Lord Jesus, I come before you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for healing me, for, for receiving me. Please write my name in your book, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each one standing here. I pray that you watch over them. Let them grow strong in faith. Deliver them. Answer them, oh God. Answer their heart cry. May they never pray and you will not answer. Deliver them, oh God. Cover them, Lord. Every hand of evil stretched towards them. Father, I pray that it will be knocked down in the name of Jesus. And that only your will will be done for them. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.